welcome to Canucks Corner. I'm Aaron Lane, and this is the podcast in which I let you know all things Canuck. But specifically, at this point, I get to tell you about all things NHL playoffs. Because this is the playoff edition of Canucks Corner. Now, I'm going to get the Canucks news out, out of the way right away. It is sad news for Canucks fans. Nikita Tremkin has gone back to Russia and signed with the KHL. We've been wrapping up some of our younger talent, trying to get ready for the next few years, where we got these young guys starting to potentially be the core of our, our eventual Stanley Cup winning team. <laughs> no, I mean, really, I mean, that's what we're shooting for, right? And Tramkin looked like he was one of those guys that was going to be a huge part of that core. That he was, in fact, potentially going to be our number one D-man in like five years. That size, the shot, the ability to skate. And he left us for Mother Russia. Apparently, there was some family stuff. And he gave some excuse that he wasn't getting enough playing time. Which, of course, we know is baloney. If you followed the Canucks this year, for a young talent that wasn't a first-round draft pick, a high first-round draft pick. He was given a ton of playing time. And so much playing time that Canucks Corner thought that he could be our number one defenseman someday. So that was a huge blow. Now, I mean, Russia's a long way away. Having your entire family over there. I think he had his girlfriend here. That would have made it even worse, really, because then he's leaving her alone as he goes off on road trips, what's she going to do if she doesn't have family or friends over here? So, yeah, I could see that sort of homesickness being an issue. And then, of course, maybe there is stuff going on at home. Maybe there's some health issues or something like that he feels he needs to get back to and, and, and help. You know, just like if a mom or a dad is having some troubles, you want to be close to them. And obviously, you can't play in the NHL and be taking these trips to Russia just to, you know, take care of your parents or whatever. So, I mean, if any of those things are the case, I mean, I completely understand. If it's just, I wanted to play more and make more money, then I kind of understand that too. Because who doesn't? (laughs) What hockey player doesn't want to get paid more and play more? So, uh, it's just disappointing. You get this new guy and it's like, oh, he looks pretty good. Let's see how he plays. Oh, he plays pretty good. Let's see if he continues that. Oh, he continued it. You get excited, you know? Like you got this this hidden gem that no one knew about and you snatched up and you, you polished and bam, there you go. Looks like he's going to be a centerpiece of your brooch of Stanley Cup awesomeness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so not much to say. He's off to Russia. I think it was a two-year contract with the KHL. And yeah, I guess that's it for now. Hopefully he'll return. We still hold his NHL rights. So it's not unusual for a young defenseman to ply his trade, even someone as good as Trumpkin, to ply his trade in the in the juniors while he develops. So, meh. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope. It is April 23rd, I haven't mentioned. And the first round's over already. I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting at least one of these close series to go to seven but none of them did and oops i guess that's that's how that goes we had a couple of we had one day where four games were played and all four games went to overtime (laughs) so 
So it was that close. The what game? What series was it? It was the series that just wrapped up Toronto and and Washington. Five of their six games were overtime games. <laughs> so. With all this overtime around, I thought for sure we are going to see Game 7, and I was going to have a couple of days before I had to do this. But hey, here it is. So, what's next? Well, this is... I'm beside myself because I don't really have a format for the playoffs. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make one up on the spot. I'm just going to go into my next segment. Be ready. The pregame show. This is the part of the podcast in which I tell you about what my picks for the round were. And why I might have picked that. Just in review so that we can see how I did. Alright, let's start in the East with Montreal and New York. I thought Montreal would carry this one out. Get it? Carry this one out? And never mind. Because of their amazing goaltender, Carey Price. That it would be a close series, but in the end, Carey would carry it out. Just keep pushing, you'll eventually get there. Then Ottawa and Boston. I thought this was going to be another close one. Wanted Ottawa to win this one, but thought that Marchand would be the man at the man at hand and go ahead and continue his excellent play from the end of the season and help Boston edge out Ottawa. Although I felt that Ottawa had a shot, and then Washington and Toronto. I thought this was Washington's all the way. That Toronto wasn't going to get very far, focusing on their youth and at best maybe win a couple of games due to that youth being a step ahead of Washington's slightly older crew, but Washington would definitely take that. Pittsburgh and Columbus, I thought this was going to be pretty much all Pittsburgh, that Columbus really didn't have the team that was going to knock them out, and that was my figurines. In the West, Chicago and Nashville, clearly Chicago's match. They, they were going to win this, no problem. And it was going to be a very quick series. Now, I did note that there was a real good chance that if if the Predators had it all together, that they could catch Chicago sleeping and maybe win the first couple games and then see what happens. So that's what I was thinking there. Minnesota-St. Louis, I was just confused. As, that Minnesota did so well in the regular season. And it was kind of a smoke and mirrors feeling for me. But I figured, well, if they made it somehow, then they will probably beat the Blues. But if there was going to be an upset in this first round, it was going to be St. Louis over Minnesota. And then we have the Ducks in Calgary. I thought the Ducks would take this, given that they had the experience over Calgary. Calgary still has a lot of young players that are feeling their way through. And ultimately, the Ducks, with their experience and their dirtiness, might uh, might make make that a series in favor of Anaheim. And finally, Edmonton and San Jose. Again, I thought this was going to be a really close series, but Edmonton was going to, unfortunately, for the Canucks draft pick via the Hanson trade, Edmonton was going to squeak this one out. McDavid has this ability of raising up his whole team, making his the other players better, and the young legs in this case would outskate the old legs of San Jose, and in the end... Yeah, it would be uh, an Edmonton win. That's it. So that's what I had in mind. Now, you guys know exactly what happened. So you know how right or wrong I was. But we're going to get to exactly that right now. Game time. This is part of the podcast where I tell you what actually happened during the round, as if you don't already know, and how that plays in with my predictions 
and then I get to defend my predictions to let you know that really, overall, I was right all along. So that's that's the plan. So you know, I was right all along. Montreal and New York did come down between Price and, and, and Lundquist, and Lundquist played better. But also, Montreal's had this problem lately where they don't have enough offensive oomph consistently, and it showed in this in this match up this matchup with the Rangers. They just they couldn't get their offense clicking when they needed to. They have several guys that can score 10, 15, 20 goals a season, but those guys were not getting the job done. And the impression I got was they weren't paying the price. <laughs> paying the price. I just I'll be here all week. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, so bad. Yeah, no, they weren't getting to the hard places and fighting hard enough. There was a couple of guys on the Canadians that that was really fighting. I think Gallagher, I think it was, was just diving all around the ice at, at points in those last couple games, trying to just get the puck towards the net. But the Rangers have learned how to collapse their entire team within 10 feet of Lundqvist on a regular basis. So getting pucks through the, and a few years ago they were lauded for being one of the best one of the best uh shot blocking teams in the league and this shows in in this in this series as well. The the Rangers played excellent team defense. They had enough offense when they needed it all the way through the lineup and Montreal just didn't. They had good team defense and a lack of scoring. And in the end, maybe you know <laughs> I mean, you go back Weber and P.K. Subban. You have to go back there. And yeah, Weber was pretty solid, but offensively, he was a bit of a ghost out there. He passed the puck way too often when he had the puck at the points. He he didn't crush people defensively and own people defensively. Maybe he was injured, I don't know. But anyway, I really feel that they needed P.K. Subban's offensive talent in play instead of Weber's defensive solidness and yeah no it was so that was part of it and overall yeah the Rangers earned that win and the Canadians earned that loss so there you go Ottawa and Boston I was right once again it was all about Marchand and the fact that he did not show up. I gave him credit. I said, even though I think he's a jerk, kind of, he's an excellent hockey player, and then he does next to nothing. However, the rest of the Bruins kind of showed up, and they, you know, they tried. Krejci, I think, was out, uh, so there was a offensive piece missing there, or at least he wasn't. Uh, he was injured. I think he wasn't playing as well. I don't know. I think he was just basically out. But anyway, uh, th- but the rest of the crew just got together, and they made it a pretty good go and those were pretty close games and they did come back that one game to make it three to two but in the end I mean Ottawa little bit of smoke and mirrors maybe just grit they went and just showed that they wanted it more and Marchand Marchand had one game I recall where he pushed and you could see that when he was pushing he got some response but here's what it is with a guy like Marchand who isn't a big powerful guy the playoffs are kind of famous for not calling penalties like holding and hooking and 
basically bear hugging and tripping and tackling basically anything that doesn't lead to a direct injury or stopping of a scoring play or an automatic penalty like flicking out over the glass from your defensive zone or too many men which happened quite often strangely anyway yeah so Marshawn probably had a Canadian a Canadian had an Ottawa senator on him most of the time so that pretty much shut him down and as a result Alexander Burroughs and the Ottawa senators get to move on and that's pretty cool I'm happy for them Washington and Toronto, that was one of the ones that finished up today. Toronto did everything they could do. They went right up against them, and this was one of the series that I called correctly, one of the few. But, yeah, there was, like, one game where they got handled pretty well, Washington did, by Toronto. And then they came back and basically took control of the the series from there on. Toronto, again, just had good young talent and young legs, and that made it really tough. They almost knocked Ovechkin out, which would have been better for them and really bad for Ovechkin and Washington. So, and the NHL for that matter. But he bounced up and just his Russian self just kept rushing. And so, yeah, in the end, they got the job done. Holtby was solid. Oshi, Oshi was really good. Backstrom was solid. And Ovechkin, of course, was, was, was good. So, yeah, no real complaints about the way Washington played. But I think if I was going to throw a little wrench in their plans, a little thing to think about later in the playoffs, their defense I don't think was as strong as they could be. So if there was another team that was stronger, more offensive, like the Penguins, leaning on their defense a little bit more often, I think that might show a crack there in their in their armor. But we'll see. Anyways, we got uh, Pittsburgh. Speaking about Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Columbus. This was another one I called. It wasn't too difficult. <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh just... They, they still have most of their players from last year. They were the Stanley Cup champions. They're They're playing well. And yeah, Columbus put up a, a reasonable fight and showed that, yeah, they're a good team. But like I said, they just, they're not a good enough team. And Pittsburgh showed that. And again, they were firing on several cylinders. A lot of their players were scoring, not just Crosby. And oh, Matt Murray goes down in game one with a groin strain, maybe? Like in the pregame? So Flurry gets the tap and steps in and crushes it but that's that that's one of those things that you love to have the option of you have a stanley cup winning backup goaltender that isn't in the twilight of his career who's just maybe on the first part of the downslope after the plateau so yeah that's a huge thing to have going into the playoffs and it has paid huge dividends so the question is murray comes back who are they going to go with they're going to go with their number one goalie, Murray. They say you can't lose your spot to an injury, so we'll see. I'd probably stick with Flurry because that's how playoffs work. You go with the hot goaltender no matter what, right? Because the important thing is the 16 wins, and whichever goaltender is going to get you there, I say that's who gets you there. Anywho, Chicago in... Now we go to the West. Chicago and Nashville. Yep, everyone got this wrong. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I, I have to admit I got it wrong, but then so did everyone else. But I got it almost right, better than most people. I said it was going to be a very quick series. I also said that they could catch Chicago sleeping. And that, I think, is what exactly happened here. Chicago, well, two things. They caught Chicago sleeping. Their star players weren't ready yet to be star players because they know what a grind and what a 
marathon the playoffs are. And if you spend too much energy in that first series, it's hard. It's really hard to make it through the rest of the playoffs because it's all about energy and not being injured too much and not being sick. And when you when you blow it all too soon, then you can be in real big trouble. Anyway, I think that was part of the thing. The other thing, they're getting older, sure. That's part of it. I'll give I'll give them a bit of that. But I think the biggest thing with Chicago is in previous years, they had role players, they had depth that was spectacular. That they had the perfect role players. And, you know, like Marion Hosa would show up and just randomly score all the goals. But this time, they had none of that. They didn't have the hot goaltender. They didn't have the great depth. They didn't have the superstar scoring machine like Hosa. And their star players weren't carrying the team like they sometimes do. So they had all of that going on. And Nashville just kind of did what Nashville does and... Pekka Rene played awesome. He stole at least one of the games. And the other players, the defense played solid. They played probably some of the best shutdown slash offensive solidness that I've seen in a while. Like, they're the opposite of the uh, Washington Capitals defense. They're just really solid guys that have good offensive skills as well. Not that Washington has terrible offense from their demon, but they just don't have that solidness, I think. And then the young guys up front, like Forsberg, stepped up and just got it done when it needed to get done. One of the guys I didn't see be a big standout was Mike Fisher, who I thought would be more of a, a grinding leader guy who would get in the front of the net and chip in a couple of goals and it and really be energy for the team. But maybe I'm thinking Mike Fisher like five years ago or something, because yeah, he didn't have that energy this time around. Maybe it will show up in in the second series. Maybe I just didn't see it because I didn't watch all the games. But from what I did see, he seemed kind of ghostly, not driving the play in any sorts of ways that I could tell. But if that's your only problem, <laughs> I think you're you're in good. And man, they they just did the job. They got her done, and I was I was impressed. It's, it's a good solid team. Speaking about not impressed, the Wild and St. Louis. Now, I had mentioned that. Wasn't sure about the Wild. I now know why I wasn't sure. Because, yeah, it was a bit of smoke and mirrors in the regular season, it seems. They had some good runs, and I guess they just stayed solid on that, picking up the points that, like, against the Canucks and the lower teams, where they could. And they weren't really challenging the top teams for any sort of dominance. They just maybe had an easier schedule, maybe took advantage of it the most, but obviously against St. Louis they were lacking. The superstar scores from the team like Granlund, Eric Stahl, Stahl was their top scorer, and the point is, they disappeared. And the and I think it was because they disappeared because it was the playoffs. And all of a sudden, the other team went, yeah, stop those guys. And they did. And there wasn't much that they could do about it. So, yeah. So St. Louis has good players. And both solid defense, solid offense, and good goaltending. Allen, in that last game, was unbelievable. They Minnesota finally started showing some of, offensive push. And Allen's just like, no. <laughs> no. You're just not going to score today. And he was kicking the puck out all over the place and just swiping it away and jumping on it. And and he he, he he put on a good show. 
that last game and it was it was pretty cool so yeah no i'm i'm happy with st louis i think they're uh, they're showing they're a solid second tier team at this point in the playoffs unfortunately that's not going to win you the stanley cup and that might be hinting to what's coming next but that's what i'm i'm that's where i am with st louis right now solid just below stanley cup winning tier anywho anaheim calgary i was right on that so Anaheim, and it came out that way too. The experience, dirtiness, although I didn't mention that so much last podcast, but I still, I mean, I know Kessler. I mean, we, we he was our guy and I know how dirty he can be and how nasty he can be, but it wasn't just him. It was, there. there's a culture from Pronger and some of the other guys in Anaheim who led with this idea of win at all costs. And I think the Corey Perry can be really nasty. And Ryan, when he was on the team, could still... It was like, whoever you were on the Ducks, you knew that it was required of you to just do whatever it took to win, even if it was nasty. And so I never really appreciated that. But in the playoffs, that's sometimes what works. And and it's not like they were super nasty against Calgary, but they, they got that edge. When they're willing to go that far, that means they have an edge, an edge to their play. And Calgary didn't have that. I didn't, or at least not enough. And their young guys seemed stymied at some points, just not knowing what to do exactly, and not knowing how hard to push and when to push. And they didn't really have enough overall talent on the ice, I don't think, to really get it done. Calgary's one of those teams, again, I think, like Minnesota, that is a good regular season team that can pick off the lower end teams when they need to. And compete now and then with the bigger teams well enough to get some points and win some games every once in a while. But when it comes to the playoffs and the gloves are off and they have to perform every night against a really good team, they're just going to come out second a lot given the the team that they currently have. So there you go. So they're, they're out. Sorry, Calgary. <laughs> Oops, I didn't mean this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's a long-standing rivalry between the Canucks and Calgary there, and little bits that's come out. Edmonton, San Jose, huge disappointment. Even though, again, I called this right. This was an Edmonton win, not necessarily thanks to McDavid though. He was somewhat sparse in this series, from what I could tell. I mean, he still pushed hard from time to time, this sort of thing. And but I really saw a lot of play from a lot of the other Oilers, and that made a big difference for them. I also saw that San Jose was just not the team they used to be. And Joe Thornton was awful. He was I don't know what he's playing with a hernia or like I or he's just old and done but yeah he was just there was nothing in his game oh it was it was sad marlo tried but marlo's that kind of smaller guy kind of like marchand who's who's kind of more the clever playmaker and he needs the bigger guys around him like he'll go into the corners and everything no no question and come out with the puck but he still needs the bigger players to take the punishment some of it anyway so that he can do what he needs to do on the ice but when he was forced to do most of the work then it tired him out i could tell and you see saw those years on him as well as a result brett burns was awesome he played really well for most of the time but you could tell at the end he was just feeling like he was the only guy out there who was really trying and really had the ability to make a difference in the team but he couldn't do it by himself and 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 he didn't and in the end he couldn't the goaltender the San Jose goaltender he was pretty solid there he I don't think he was the problem I think he tried quite a lot and 
and and played well. And it's not like they got blown out, but oh, and, and Yannick. Oh, Yannick. <laughs> you, you played a lot like you played for Vancouver a lot, where you just, you didn't, you just didn't show up enough in those moments where you were, again, going to make a difference. And that was too bad. But, but you gave it a go. And nice try, guys. Edmonton, full credit for a win. Good job on you. And we'll see how everyone does in the second round. The Post Game Show. This is part of the podcast in which I tell you what I think will happen in the next round of the 2017 NHL playoffs. All right, so we will, again, start in the East, because apparently I like to do that. And we have... The Rangers against the Ottawa Senators. Is Ottawa a better team than Montreal? I don't know if they are. The guy I didn't mention too much at all for Ottawa, which just I realized, is Carlson. The announcers were going on and on about how awesome Carlson is. And he made this amazing pass, I think in the first game, from his blue behind his blue line all the way down to the opposing blue line in the air, and it lands at the stick of one of the Ottawa players and he goes in and scores and that's the type of play that that blows these announcers away that Carlson does on a fairly regular basis what I saw was yeah he did he had some plays like that and he and he played well overall but I saw some trouble in the power play with him where he doesn't look like or he didn't look like that amazing quarterback who either sets up a really great power play or the gun at the point that gets the puck back and just fires it in the end, you know, in the net. So he's the kind of guy that's going to have to be the guy for Ottawa to win. The other thing is they're going to have to get through Lundqvist and that team defense. Those five guys who suck right into the net as if it's a black hole and they're hitting the event horizon. It's basically one of those things where they got to figure out a way of getting guys in so they into that group of five so they can get deflections, they can get rebounds, and pay the price in front of the net and in the corners and where it's tough to get the puck into good scoring positions. Or to just, like Carlson did in that play, just be so awesome in transition that the Rangers haven't set up their defensive core yet. And then they can come in and on a two-on-one or a one-on, you know, on a breakaway and get the goals. So are the Rangers a good enough team to offensively beat Ottawa and their goalie Anderson. Maybe not. I I don't know. I mean, Price, of course, is an awesome goaltender, and Montreal had good defense. I think Ottawa has better defense, but not as good of a goaltender. Not that Price is so much better than Anderson, and maybe he wasn't, obviously, good enough, and Anderson was, so it's hard to make that comparison. Anyway, I think this is, this is the best draw, though, for the Rangers. I think if it was Washington or Pittsburgh, the Rangers are done. At this point, flip a coin. I'm going to go for Ottawa this time because I want to see Ottawa win. And I think if I'm flipping a coin anyway, might as well come down on the team that I want to win. So yeah, I'm going to go with Ottawa there. And But yeah, it's going to be another close series, I think. And not necessarily close in like, gotta go to game seven, but each game's going to be within a goal or two. And it's just going to be that sort of closeness. And it's going to be hard. They're, I, I would say low scoring as well. Low scoring and close. So there's going to be some two to ones in there some three to twos and in the end sure auto will take it maybe it'll be like three overtimes in the series and auto will come out on top outside of that we have the big matchup the one that should be the eastern conference final and that's washington and pittsburgh i'm going with pittsburgh again i know ovechkin's a better player offensively defensively overall than he has been in the past well No, he's a more complete player. 
Not a better offensive player. He's a more complete player. And yeah, they have a really good goaltender. And yeah, they have some really good other offensive players like Backstrom and Oshie. But I just think Pittsburgh, again, a solid team all the way through. Already proven they can go to the finals. I'm going to give this one to Pittsburgh because... Ah, because Crosby? No, not just because Crosby. Almost dis- despite Crosby. But yeah, not just Crosby. I think it's just the overall team, the goaltender. I give it to Pittsburgh because it's going to be close. And again, I think the crack in the armor for Washington is going to be their defense. And Pittsburgh will take advantage of that. And they'll... Malkin and Hornquist and Kessel are all going to lean on those defenders and make them play the best game that they can play to stop them. And I don't think they'll be able to do it. There's going to be some excellent games, and I think it's going to go back and forth, and I'm not counting out anything really. But in the end, I think Crosby wins this one. Okay, let's go to the West. Let's take a look at Anaheim and Edmonton. So it could have been the Battle of Alberta maybe depending on how the seedings would have went, I suppose. But we have Anaheim and Edmonton, and I think this one is another really close match. I think Anaheim, it was too easy against Calgary in a lot of ways. Edmonton won't be that easy, and I think they know it. So they're going to have to bring their A game, and this is maybe where Anaheim's cracks will show. Much like San Jose, I think some of their key players are on the older side, and as a result, those players are going to find it difficult to keep up to Edmonton. Also, I don't know if the Anaheim goalie is going to be strong enough to face the Edmonton onslaught. I mean, when Zach Cassian is showing up and getting the job done, you know you've got the team going, right? And when that whole offensive team comes in that direction, can Anaheim weather the storm? And I don't think they can. I think Anaheim Kessler will be on McDavid like peanut butter on jelly, like fried bananas on peanut butter on peanut butter on the top of your mouth. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to see how many peanut butter things I can come up with. Peanut butter on Reese's chocolate. Anyway, the point is, is they're going to be really tight. And Kessler, like I said, is not necessarily a clean, fair player all the time. So McDavid is going to be tested to his utmost, and we're going to see what kind of player he is. Is he that type of player that is going to use that attention and use it to motivate him to be better? Going to motivate him to find a way to get around it and to deal with it? And is he going to punch Kessler really hard in the nose at some point? I think he will. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going to be a, another good tight series and I think this one is going to is going to go Edmonton's way, but it's not going to be an easy win for Edmonton by any stretch of the imagination. Anaheim's going to pull out their dirty tricks and it's going to be really tough for Edmonton. But in the end, again, not necessarily because of McDavid, but maybe because of these other players, Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl and Clefbaum that Edmonton has that are showing up and Cassian that Anaheim just won't have an answer for. So we'll see. But that's where I figure things are going there. That leaves us with the Predators and the Blues. Well, not the pairing that most people thought of when they thought about a second round Western Conference pairing. Okay, but now that we have it, the Blues, solid goaltender, solid defense, solid forwards with some really not young legs, not old legs, you know, somewhere in the middle there. And then we have the Predators, really good goaltending, really good defense, and 
decent forwards. So this may be a series that comes down to power plays, penalty killing special teams. That That's probably the time when Nashville is really going to shine is when they don't when their forwards don't have to fight through St. Louis's defense and when St. Louis doesn't have to fight through Nashville's defense. So when you got two teams that are pretty defensively strong, it's often the special teams that make the difference. And I think that's probably what you're going to see here. So whichever team can be more disciplined, I think is probably the team that stands to win this one. And there you go. So that's what I'm thinking at this point. So that's it. Oh, right. I got it. Got to pick. Right. I'm going to pick. You know what? I'm going to pick St. Louis. You know why? I'm going to pick St. Louis because I think Nashville is going to be pretty impressed with themselves beating the Blackhawks. And St. Louis is a completely different team, type of team. And they're not going to be ready to just play the regular solid game with an offensive push that they need to to take out St. Louis. So I don't know. I oh, Maybe I'm wrong here. Okay, I'm going to hedge my bet. I'm going to hedge my bet because I'm going to say St. Louis. But again, if one of these series is going to go I'm going to take this as my wild card if one of these series is going to go the other way obviously the Predators figure out a way how to beat Chicago they could figure out a way how to beat St. Louis I don't see why not so given it's St. Louis but if the Predators win I'm not going to be surprised so there we go let's go with that so that's it the wrap up is Predators lose to St. Louis in a close series the Ducks lose to the Oilers in a close series. The Penguins take out Washington in maybe the quickest series, perhaps. And Ottawa squeaks by the Rangers, possibly in a series with less games, but still tight games themselves. Like, you know, it may end in five games, but all the games are like three to two. So anyway, that's what I'm looking at. And yeah, so this is the end of my mini playoff podcast. Oh, well, I guess... I guess once I start talking hockey, I just keep talking, so... Yeah, okay, well, next podcast will happen when the second round finishes. So look forward to that, and look forward to laughing at me for screwing up my picks again. All right, we will see you then. This is Aaron Lane for the Canucks Corner Podcast. If you'd like to find me, I'm at Canucks underscore corner on Twitter. That's at Canucks underscore corner on Twitter. Or email me at CanucksCornerPod at gmail.com. That's CanucksCornerPod, all one word, at gmail.com. And until we pod again, thanks for listening, and keep your stick on the ice.